Although being snarky can be kind of fun, you know, you're probably right. Anyway, okay, good morning. Welcome back to Media Insultant. Uh, let's see, our topics this uh, this day are over-the-air television is making a comeback. That's right, rabbit ears are suddenly what all the cool kids want, Keith. Yeah, rabbit ears, right? Oh. Media Insultant is flipping from our podcast and our video to all Christmas. Well, really not quite. But uh, we might as well because everybody else is flipping to Christmas music these days. You know, it's just it's the thing to do. Speaking of cool kids, and QZVX. Well, what the hell does that mean? QZVX. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. We're going to talk about it. Okay. Good morning. We are back with another episode of Media Insultant. We get together, Keith and I get together, and give our opinions, ideas, and comments on what's going on in the media, particularly for radio and television, for sales and, uh, and senior management people. I'm Jackson Weaver. I'm in the Pacific Northwest outside of Seattle. Keith is in Los Angeles. Yes, Keith we've survived Samuels. the rain. So yes, it was a rainy week, but we're, uh, we're back in the sun. You know, it does nothing but rain now. It's not going to stop raining until September, uh, next September. Uh, you <laughs> for know, you, that's right, for, for you for in us, Seattle. That's, that's right. right, in Seattle. We do this each Tuesday and Friday, so today we would like to welcome you to the Tuesday, November 15th episode of Media Insulted. We've all been in college broadcasting classes, either instructing or teaching or, okay, maybe you haven't. Maybe, I didn't. Nope. Maybe, okay, well, all right. Then let me rephrase it. We have it all. <laughs> a couple right. of us. A couple Speak of us for have yourself. <laughs> a couple of us have. And uh, students tell us of their dreams of being a reporter for a TV station, you know, and then an anchor. You know, think of they love it. They have the lights, the makeup, the glamour, the notoriety, the instant access, the prestige. It's all so alluring. So then I have a conversation with a buddy of mine who runs a cluster of TV stations. And he says his reporters are beginning to hate going out on stories. He says they're getting harassed, they get spit on, they get derided, yelled at, jeered at for being part of the fake news. Really, the fake news media. Now, we never thought that a street reporter... And or and it was anything but a cool job, and you, it was a great way to build your career, great way to build a reputation in your community and work your way up the ladder. Uh, apparently now everybody just wants to stay home from what he says and be an influencer. So is this is this the end of Miss America getting up and saying, what are your career aspirations? Oh, I want to be a, I want to be a television anchor. Is that over, Keith? Wow. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, not anchor. They want to be the anchor. They want to be in studio. It's the it's the uh, field reporting part that's hard. Maybe it's just all about, uh, you know, making sure you're doing news reporting and not doing opinion pieces out on the street so that people call you fake news or whatever. I, I think a lot of those cases are, are over-reported and probably not as frequent as they say. But there are reporters and there are probably our markets where there's you know some consternation you know they're, they're you know they, they know that the news guys are trying to make the story better and the reality is what people are seeing on the street so um yeah but it is kind of concerning that uh, uh that it's not the glamour job where they bring in the van and you know you show up but uh you know and, and you're supposed to have fans standing around going oh 
great. It's Keith from Channel 5. Oh, whoa. You're right. The, the influencers are a much better gig these days than uh, <laughs> than being being the guy down in uh, Skid Row talking about homelessness, you know, the homeless yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Moving on, Keith, you know, it is the season, and some radio stations are flipping to Christmas music earlier than ever. I mean, barely out of Halloween, and they're flipping to Christmas music. Or it's not Christmas music. It has to be referred to now as holiday music. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. And the list is growing daily of stations that are flipping to this. Now, you and I both know that this has really been very successful for some stations. Coast in Los Angeles does it, Mm -hmm. and they do phenomenally well with it. Every market has a station that really has captured the Christmas format and is the default, if you will, Christmas station for the market. You know, the the ratings are really big, is that your experience? You know, it really does seem to tick up the ratings for November and December in the holiday book. So now to beat the clock, some stations are flipping to Hallow- or flipping to all Christmas or all holiday music as early as Halloween. And I haven't seen that it works. Maybe you have, but I haven't seen that that makes much difference at all. I think there's always a heritage default Christmas music station in the market. And there's some fragmentation, you know, Christian station will be more traditional and then the hot AC will be a little hipper Christmas music. But at at the end of the day, most markets, you know, I got three, four, five stations that have gone all holiday music. Is this just the tail wagging the dog? What do you think? Sort of. And I think it's also the, uh, you know, let's, let's do what the cool kids are doing and let's try it with our format. So here in LA, we have Coast uh, 103.5. Uh, FM. And if I'm not mistaken, Coast was the first station in America to, to go all Christmas music all the time for more than just December or, you know, more than just Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. In fact, they had a deal, former boss of mine, Craig Rossi, did a deal with, with Channel 5, KTLA here in LA, where one year they got KTLA to run the Coast audio feed over a live endless loop of a fire in a fireplace, you know, the hearth, the brick hearth and the mantle with the stockings and the fire burning. They just ran that fire for hours and played Coast music in the background. So nobody does Christmas better than Coast 103.5 in L.A. But I think that, that they do it well because they know how to sell it. Okay, there are lots of imposters who just run it thinking they're going to drive listenership. And at the end of the day, Jackson, you know that those media buyers come back and go, "Uh, uh-uh, we're taking Christmas out of your multi-month average for your ratings because that's an aberration. So you don't get to sell Christmas ratings any other time of year because it's just spiked listening if you do well with it. Uh, and Coast does really well with it. And the other station that flips to all Christmas in L.A., is the uh, country station, is, you know, KKGO, Go Country 105. And they don't do nearly as well doing country Christmas music as Coast does with traditional music. So, but yes, there, I think there's a real art to it. There is now a, a subculture of doing Christmas music and how to sell it that's out there in radio anyway. And frankly, one of the things that makes Coast so successful at it is that they sell sponsorships Okay, so they're doing, you know, part of your annual negotiation when you're buying a big long, long-term long deal with Coast, I'm sure, is what do you do at Christmas time? And so, well, you're going to, we're going to tie, we're gonna, you're going to sponsor 
so many hours of our Christmas music through the holiday season, whether you have a spot by or not, there's a way for them to get underwriting for their Christmas music all through the month of December. And they, they sell the hell out of it. Okay. Now spot buys are on there and there are people that are running Christmas themed spots and retail and so forth, but it's those two or three clients that they have sponsoring every hour. You know, it could be the Southern California Mercedes Benz dealers. It's the Southern California Chevy dealers. It's the Southern California Ford dealers. It's all these advertisers, you know, it's the casinos. It's everybody that they've had on all year. They get money in December from them where no one else does because they know how to sell it. Right. Yeah. And selling it is is obviously the challenge. December used to be big month. Retail uh, was big. Local retail was big and not not so much anymore. I think the other interesting thing about Christmas is uh, uh, holiday music is it's really a good sampling opportunity. I've never seen a station go through the ceiling with it, but it is a good sampling opportunity. It's ideal, particularly if Spotify or Pandora haven't already (laughs) <laughs> haven't already taken that audience right or apple or apple music where you've got all these multiple channels of, uh, of christmas music but what's interesting about coast is that it has driven them long term now okay to the top of the market and i think christmas has a lot to do with it because you do get to sample it you do go there and you're hearing ellen k and you're hearing other personalities on the station laura scott and others and so you're right and they do their ratings go through the roof for christmas I mean, they'll right, double their right. ratings. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's scary. And what they end up doing is they suck all that listenership away from everybody else. So it's really hard for anybody else to stay competitive in December, both for ratings and for revenue, while Coast and, you know, part of iHeart just, you know, just, they just vacuum up. They just scoop up all the holiday dollars. It's just, <laughs> you can hear the sucking sound as you go by all the ad agencies in Wilshire Boulevard and Century City and Santa Monica, sucking dollars back to the iHeart building in Burbank. You know, we are both boomers, Keith. You and I are both remind boomers. Me. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't need to remind you, but most of our audience probably remember TV rabbit ears. You know, they would be sitting on top of your Magnavox or your RCA or your Motorola TV, and you'd hope it brought in a TV signal and you get up and move it around and tune it so that uh, it got just the right azimuth and uh, people we were just jazzed we got a tv signal at one point so but the interesting thing is you know you can't be a hipster if you got rabbit ears on your tv but maybe that's not true because over the air tv seems to be making a real comeback keith um seriously yeah can uh, well look at it this way you know as well as i do we've talked about this for some time consumers are really offered all kinds of streaming services that don't require cable and don't require subscriptions youtube right local now freeview etc pluto peacock all of those are free services that you can get through streams uh, without paying a subscription without buying cable and then right. there's uh, CTV, you know, or uh, Chrome and Roku or Fire, any of those kind of sources. So the need for uh, having a cable or a satellite hookup for consumers is less and less important because they get all of these other programming sources and picking up an over-the-air signal to watch local news or sports suddenly becomes a very good way of doing it without paying for it. And it's increasing a lot. About 14% of the viewers in the country now are watching over the air. But in some wow. markets, it's in the 20s. Uh, Salt Lake is at 22% penetration. Milwaukee is at 28%. A 
Las Vegas at 18. So this is obviously a growing phenomenon. And I'd argue that as the economy slows, as people will get tired of paying so much money for cable and for subscription TV, there's going to be more and more over-the-air audience. It's pretty easy to hook up. You buy an antenna and plug it in, and you're ready to rock and roll. Now, the irony of it is, as you know, the irony of this is that uh, this really affects the retrans revenue that stations get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I was at a, a meeting for, with an agency a presentation, and the TV general manager was there along with uh, his regional manager. And somehow the discussion got into over the air, and the TV GM is talking about, oh, it's great. You can get it. You can get OTA anytime. You know, you just get this antenna and plug it in. I can show you how to do it. It's going to be great. You know, a lot of people are doing it. They're really breaking the cord. Well, <laughs> his boss, I saw his boss sitting there just in horror because <laughs> – because every time one of those cable subscribers cuts, they lose goes, retrans fees. That's right. Yep. Buck or two a month per per subscriber. So, you know, he never said a word about OTA. Again. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I have to think that there's a whole gen- – several generations. There's probably Gen Z, whatever uh, the, the newest, newest one is, you know, the kids that were born 20 years ago. I guess that's Gen Z before them millennials. But – that never, never, ever used the channel changer on their TV because, right. you know, they, they were getting it through a cable or they're getting it through their now Roku or, you know, uh, your remote for, uh, you know, now I just have a button on my TV now. I just push on the remote, you know, YouTube, Prime, Netflix. That's it. I don't even I don't even have to go through Roku to get it. My TV's my TV can do it on its own. So. To discover now that oh my gosh I can get all these TV channels right directly on my TV oh my god I mean it's like crazy but I think they're they're discovering all the different ways their TV can be used and how to use the TV I mean they're playing stuff off their phone onto the TV they're they're you know, YouTube's on TV the TV to them is just a, it's a monitor but to us it was the game it was over the air entertainment yep. yeah. yeah and, and it, was it was over the, the air over, it was the over the air deal. Right. But so I guess there's some you know, training of this new generation. But but now OTA would be competing with next gen TV, which well, all OTA, these groups are pushing. Mm, so I, well, I got to think that there's this there's this tug of war between do, how much do we want to push this OTA option, even though we are transmitting over the air through our transmitter up high on some mountain nearby with the, the next gen add on antenna that changes your world because isn't next gen the greatest way to watch any kind of video jackson well now let's not be too snarky keith well that's that's for another discussion but you're okay. you're right i think i think there's uh we we will just have to take that up at, on a subsequent uh, media insult and that's another whole topic Hey, there's a Northwest broadcaster whose name is Jason Remington. He's been around for a long time. And uh, for the last few years, he's hosted a website called Puget Sound Media. And as it sounds, he's primarily focused on media in the Northwest, in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle and Portland, primarily a little in Vancouver. Well, what he did is he started it originally. He posted, reposted old radio stories from the radio Seattle Times radio correspondent, whose name was Victor Stratakey. Do you remember Victor? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Vic, did, Vic, when did, Vic Stratakey showed up, you were getting in. You were getting some coverage, and it's often very critical coverage. But 
Anyway, he had he he retired and literally had hundreds and thousands of these columns that the Times gave him and said, "Here, do what you want with them." And he hooked up with Jason, and so on this website, he would post articles from 20, 30 years ago. They're just kind of interesting. Everything from radio listings to personality changes. And the website had some old air checks and updates on local personnel movements in the Pacific Northwest. Fun site to visit a couple of times a week. Well, recently he rebranded it as QZVX, which I guess sounded cool to Jason. QZVX. And, say, that, uh, say that fast three times. Uh, yeah, he would. He would ask you. QZVX. Yeah, QZVX. 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 Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Right, yeah. Okay. But uh, I, I thought I would mention it because uh, the the site's a little scattered, but he's working to improve it, and uh, just encourage people to check out QZVX.com if you have any interest in what has happened in the Pacific Northwest media scene. Yeah. And, and and thank you, Jason, for uh, for posting a link to both episodes of our interview with Delilah. Oh, that's so right. Had, yeah, so he, he he gave us a little love, although he didn't name our podcast. He, he ran it through you know in town media, you know, a plug for your company. But he it was up there, which was great with a picture of Delilah and, and all that. And as I was checking it out in preparing for the conversation, I I found I found where Jason has archived. There were like four different files of about 10, 12 minutes each, I think, of the 10th anniversary special that was produced at my old radio station, KMPS, Compass, 94 Country, KMPS, back in 1985. It was the 10th anniversary of the radio station being a country station. And it was a great show. And I, I listened to the first segment and I'm, you know, and it's narrated by Phil Harper. I've got, I'm, I'm hearing all sorts of personalities, you know, uh, that were on at the, in the early days at, at Compass, uh, including Becky Brenner, who we've talked about, and Lee Rogers and Phil Harper and uh, all sorts of guys. It, it was a lot of fun. Don Riggs, of course. Jason, thank you for preserving some great memories of, uh, of, of Seattle radio anyway. So. All right, enough. And it's a good plug for QZVX. I still have yes. to look at it every time I say it. QZVX.com. And we got to run, Keith. Uh, we are out of here. We'll be back next week for another episode of, uh, well, no, we'll be back Friday. That's right. Yep. For another episode of Comment and Opinions about radio and TV and local media. We drop new shows for Media Insultant each Tuesday and Friday. On all the podcasting platforms, our video is available under the Media Insultant Showcase at Vimeo. Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media, an interim broadcast management company. Love your comments, Jackson, at InTownMedia.com. And we'll be back uh, next week. Let's see. What, what do you say? Should we do this uh, next uh, Friday? definitely we got to do it friday you know we're countdown to thanksgiving that's right coming right and we're flipping to christmas it's awesome it's great (laughs) all right see you then go have a good one i'll talk to you soon bye-bye okay buddy bye